Genesis 22. I'm just going to read two verses in you here in verse 4 and 5. Genesis 22, verse 4 and 5. The Word of God reads as follows. It says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. Amen. Amen. I want to preach from this pericope, if you will, today. I come to worship. I come to worship. Help me preach to your neighbor, neighbor. I come for one reason. Then come to see what you were going to have on. Come on, help me preach to him. Then come to check out your hair. Then come to see what, the, what, the, what, what was going on in the church. I come to worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we get to this text today, we see Abraham, one of the progenitors of our faith, now standing at a pivotal part in ministry. Abraham has been through a lot. And just like Abraham, there's a lot of folks in here that's been through a lot. I should have got a better amen. Abraham done been through some stuff. And just like a lot of us, we too have been through some stuff. Abraham had received some promises from the Lord. He know God told him some stuff. But just like Abraham, God has told us some stuff. And just like Abraham, uh, it didn't happen when we thought it was going to happen. Can I get a witness? And because it seemingly took too long to take place, we took matters in our own hand. Oh, I feel like preaching. And the problem with that is when we took matters into our own hands, we messed it up. But what I like about it is no matter how much we mess things up, God is still faithful. Ooh, I should have got a better amen than that. Anybody here done messed some stuff up? You, you know you messed it up. Ain't nobody got to tell you you messed it up. You, you messed some stuff up. And, and in spite of your mess up, God's still faithful. God still wakes you up every morning and, and starts you on your way. He's still faithful. And what I found out is that, that when we mess stuff up, God really has us where he needs us to be. Because if our mind and our eyes are set on him, he has a way of refocusing us. Oh, I feel like preaching. And what I found out, Bo, is that the way he refocuses us is through worship. Ain't nothing got to take place. Ain't nothing has to happen. God has a way that when we come to the sacred place of worship and forget about our wants. Oh, Jesus. And begin to think about his goodness. Do I have about nine of y'all in here? 
that no God is good. Now look, now look, watch this now for you clap and respond. I'm talking about you know God is good even though he hadn't done anything yet. Is, is there, is there, can I find a witness in here that, that no God is good? He's, he's good yesterday, today, and forevermore. He, he never changes. If, if he was good over 2,000 years ago, he's good right now. He, even if he has not moved in your life the way you wanted him to, you know that he's good. You, you read the record. You, you believe the report. You see your neighbor's testimony. And even though God has not shown up in your life the way you wanted him to, you just believe that he's good. Somebody ought to say, I know he's good. With no money in the bank, I know he's good. Somebody ought to say, I know he's good. With a bad doctor report, I know he's good. Somebody ought to say, I know he's good. Ain't got gas in my tank. Don't know how I'm going to get to work this week, but I know he's good. Somebody ought to say, I know he's good. The rent is due and I ain't got enough to pay the rent, but I know God is good. Bible, the word of God is God is tailored to teach us that, that we were created for a certain purpose. Somebody say purpose. Folks always want to know what my purpose is. If, if you can't find out what your purpose is, let me help you today. All of us have at least one purpose. And that is to worship the true and living God. Re regardless of what's going on in your life. He created us. That we may worship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you go back and read the account in the book of Ezekiel. We find out that there was a king, the king of Tyre. And, and as God is, is speaking to Ezekiel, he's, he's using metaphor to let Ezekiel know that that was, a, that was the king of Tyre. And how this king of Tyre was arrayed and how he was, how he was marvelous in his moving was, was similar to Lucifer the angel. God talks about how, how Lucifer the angel got the big head because every movement that he made, God received it as worship. I'm going somewhere today, y'all, and I'm going to try to get there quickly. But every, if Lucifer cleared his throat, God received it as worship. If he stood up, God received it as worship. If he sat down, God received it as worship. But he got the big head. Y'all know some of how some of us do. Not y'all, but some of, you know, some of the mother folk. Folks start patting them on the back. You're doing a good job. You're saying good. You pray good. You talk good. You, you do whatever good. And all of a sudden, they get a the big head, and they feel like I should be the one in charge. They start trying to come from my position. I ain't even. And next thing you know, Lucifer gets the big head, and the Bible says that God kicks him out of heaven, and over a third of the angels go with him. Lucifer was a worship angel. And when God kicked him out, there was a vacancy in heaven. There was an opening for a worshiper. And so God leans over and says, let us make man. Y'all going to get this on the way home. I don't, I don't know how long your drive is. But, but God got rid of the worship angel because the worship angel got the big head and thought that he could be God. And God said, let us make man in our own image. And the purpose of man is that man will glorify God. We were created to worship. And so when we don't worship, when we come just to get our praise on, we're not doing what we were created to do. We were created to worship. Abraham soon understood that. 
Because when you read the beginning of his testimony, Abraham was not as strong in faith as he is by the time we get to chapter 22. But this is what I like about God. God allows us to go from chapter 1 to 21. And he still loves us. It's some folk in your life right now that's messing up through chapters 21. It might be you. But in spite of your mess up, God's promise never fails. Who am I preaching to in here? God done promised you something. And you have not attained it as of yet. But God told me to tell you, I'm not finished with you. There's still some stuff that I got to work out of your life. I'm so glad that God is not man. Because men would have gave up on you a long time ago. But God is long-suffering. God pats you on the back and say, try again. The blessing is still your. The blessing still has your name on it. Oh God, I feel like preaching. And watch this. I'm going to get to the text in a minute. I'm just, I'm just setting this up right. But watch this. God going to give you what he said he's going to give you. Whether you're going to walk in upright or somebody got to drag you in. God never goes back on what he promises. Y'all know the story. Abraham thought he would help God out. Hooks up with Sarah's, Sarah's handmaid, and they have a boy out of wedlock and out of everything else. And they think that that's the promise. But see, we got to not settle for our wants when God's promise has not yet arrived. And when we find him in the 22nd chapter of Genesis, God, Abraham now has the promise that God has promised. The promised son, the son Isaac. And the Bible says in verse 1, that God decided he was going to test Abraham. Uh, nudge your neighbor and say, he's going to test you too. Come on, nudge him like you mean it. He's going to test you too. Besides, I'm going to test Abraham. And so when he tells Abraham, he calls him, and he says, Abraham. He said, here I am. He's, he's grown in faith. He's grown in understanding. He's grown in worship. He's grown in praise. And God calls him after he's grown. And he says, Abraham. He says, here I am. He says, take your son. Your only begotten son. Yeah. Not Isaac, but take the only begotten one. And I want you to take him to a place where I'm going to show you. And when you get him there, I know you love him. I know you wanted him. I know you prayed for him. I know, you, I, know, I know you fasted. I know you did everything you could to get this blessing. But I want you, when you get to where I'm telling you, to sacrifice him unto me. In other words, God said, what I gave you, give it back. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, 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 gave, you, I gave you the desires of your heart. Now, give it back. Okay, y'all ain't got that I. I was, trying to, I was trying to preach general today, but, but here we go. Buckle up. Here we go. I gave you the job you've been praying for. Now give it back. I gave you the spouse. Now give it back. I gave you the children. Now give it back. I gave you the house. Give it back. But what do we do? Get that job. Well, you know, Pastor, you know, I, I, God knows my heart. I would come to work today, but you know, I, I've been working all nine, nine to five, Monday through Saturday, God knows my heart. 
But then, ain't, ain't, then you, then you ask God for it, and and now you wanna, you wanna lay out on God. Can, can I, can I look? I ain't talking about nobody. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Listen, if this, if this you, just look straight up here. Listen, let's talk about Sunday. And this is for the folk that's streaming too. Contrary to popular belief, with the exception of a few sanctified and Pentecostal churches, we are not in church all day. For the most part, it's two to three hours. And you mean to tell me, as good God has been to you, you can't give him two to three hours one day a week? What in the devil wrong with you? God woke you up in the morning, started you on your way, put food on your table, clothes on your back, and you mean to tell me you can't give him two, three hours a, one day a week? We were made to worship. We ought not feel right. If we don't worship. It's in our DNA. That we worship. Let me get to the text. God tells Abraham. Take Isaac your son to the mountain. To a place where I'm going to show you. And, and, and when you get him there. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And so the Bible says. Early the next morning. Abraham gets up. He saddles the donkey. Gets his servants together. He rides out. Him and Isaac. He gets the wood. He gets the fire. He gets the logs. He gets the knife. And he rides out. He rides out with the promise. Oh God. He rides out with the desire of his heart. He, ride, he heads to where God is showing him with everything he's ever wanted in life. Are y'all getting this? Everything he's ever desired, he takes to where God told him to take it. Everything he's ever wanted. He puts on the back of a donkey and rides to where God say go. He does not complain because by now he's had enough time with God to know that God is faithful. By now he's been through enough trial and tribulation to know that God will work it out. Who am I preaching to in here? Do we have any by now folks in here? You done been through some stuff and by now you know that God is able by now, by now, you know God will work it out. Hey, who am I preaching to some folk that know that by now, God will turn it around. By, by now, God will pull you out. By now, God will fix it. By now, he knows God is faithful. And so he takes his only begotten son. And he heads toward the place. They travel for about three days. And the Bible says, when they, Abraham saw the place afar off, he saw where God was taking him. See, every now and then, you ought to have the type of relationship with God that you can kind of see where God is taking you. Uh, our ways are not his ways. And our thoughts are not his thoughts. But every now and then, God will allow you to see what he's doing in your life. I wish I had a witness in here. 
The Bible said Abraham saw it afar off. He saw where God was taking them. And the Bible said Abraham said to the young men, y'all stay right here. God done told me to take my son and sacrifice him. And y'all stay right here with the donkeys. Y'all stay right here with the work animals. Y'all stay right here with the beasts of burden. But me and my son, my only begotten son, the thing that I prayed for, the thing that I labored for, the thing that I fasted for, the thing that I wanted so much, the thing that me and Sarah didn't think was going to happen, the miracle in my life. Y'all stay right here. But me and my boy, we're going to go over yonder and we are going to worship. And when we get through worshiping, we're going to come back. Somebody missed a shouting point. That ain't what God told Abraham. God told Abraham, bring Isaac to the mountain and there I want you to sacrifice him. But Abraham, oh Abraham, had the type of relationship with God. He had a by now relationship. I wonder if I'm preaching to somebody that has a by now relationship that by now you know that God will do anything but fail. By now you know that God will not go back on his promise. By now you know that God is mighty and awesome. Is there anybody here that know that by now God will heal? Is there anybody here that know that by now God will step in? Is there anybody here that knows that by now God will work it out? Abraham said, me and the boy, we're going to go over yonder where God say go and we're going to worship. Is there anybody here that's ready to worship and give God your all? Put your all on the altar. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Is there anybody here that's ready to put your job on the altar? Are you ready to put your children on the altar? Are you ready to put your health on the altar and have the faith that Abraham had? Abraham said, we going there and we go worship. I wish I had some we folk in my life that no matter what you're going through, you would have made your mind up that this morning I'm going to go to the house of the Lord and I'm going to worship and when I get finished worshiping, I'm going to come back and God is going to be faithful in my life. He says, he says, we, come on y'all say it with me, we going to go there and we going to worship and we when we get finished worshiping going to come back is there anybody in the building today that got a comeback nature can I preach to a few comeback kids you've been through hell and high water but you came back. You've been through trial and tribulation. But you're still here because you made up your mind that you're going to worship. You're going to give God praise. You're going to call his name. You're going to celebrate the victory. You're going to celebrate his joy. You're going to worship. God. 
God is faithful. Look, look, I, I had to do all that just to get it out of my system. But listen, God is faithful. He's faithful. You got to continue reading the text to find out how faithful God is. See, here's the thing. Abraham had had a by now faith. But he didn't know exactly what God was going to do. He just knew that God was going to do. So what? So what? He, he didn't know what God was going to do. He just knew that God was going to do something. And if you ever get in your spirit that you stop trying to figure out what he's going to do and just celebrate the fact that he's going to do something and, and watch this and then relish in the word of Paul that all things that he do work together for your good then you can say like Abraham although God wants to me to sacrifice the boy me and the boy going to come back he made see he he, he, see, he made his mind, oh, oh God, he made his mind up. God, God going to do two, one or two things. Oh, my God. He made his mind up. I wish I had some Holy Ghost field folk that would make your mind up when you're going through a hard time. God going to do one or two things. In the book of Kings, there were two lepers sitting outside of the city gate, starving to death. But inside the city was food aplenty. And the two lepers said, well, if we stay here, we ain't going to do nothing but die. They said, but if we, go in, if we go into the city, they might kill us too. Either way is death. But just by chance, we may go into the city and they might feed us. The Bible says, that when they went into the city, the city was empty. And they began to eat and feast. And then they took some back to the other leper. So you got to understand that God is going to do one or two things. Come here, Hebrew boys. And they would tell you that when I stood before the Pharaoh... When I stood before the evil king, the evil king wanted me to bow down, but we refused to bow down. We said, oh, king, live forever. But the God that we serve, he's able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. But if he does not, we still ain't going to bow down. God going to do one or two things. Either he's going to step in and bring us out. Or we're going to lose our life and open our eyes up on the other side of glory. But either way, God going to get us out. He's going to do one or two things. Look at Abraham. Abraham realized that God is going to do one or two things. Either Abraham is going to stop the sacrifice but either God is going to stop the sacrifice but if God don't stop the sacrifice the same God that he sacrificed to will bring the boy back to life either way God is faithful is there anybody here 
that know that God will do one or two things. Has anybody tried them? Has anybody tried them? Have you really tried them? He will do just what he said. He gonna work it out the way you got it figured out. Or he's gonna work it out in a miraculous way. God will provide and do what he said he will do. The Bible says we gonna go worship. We gonna lay down our lives. We gonna tell God thank you. What do you mean by worship? See you gotta get to the point to where you worship God. Where you tell him thank you for things he ain't even did yet. Even though he ain't heals you. He is a healer. Even though he has not delivered you yet. He is a deliverer. You got to learn how to tell God thank you for stuff he ain't done yet. Even though he has not given you the job. He still makes a way out of no way. Even though he has not put food on your table. He's still able to do just what he said. Learn how to tell him thank you for who he is. Not what he does. Thank him. He is a savior. He is a deliverer. He is a redeemer. He is a right and moaning star. He is a doctor in a sick room. He's a lawyer in a courtroom. Thank him for who he is. He's a mother to the motherless. He's a father to the fatherless. Thank him for who he is. He's a way maker. He'll wake away out of no way. A bridge over troubled water. A rock in a weary land. Shelter in a storm. Water in dry places. Thank him for who he is. He's my all and my all. Is there anybody here that'll thank him? Thank him. Worship. He said we're going to go worship. We're going to go thank him for who he is. And when we get through, dead or alive, we're coming back here. Good God Almighty. I'm so glad that he fixed me to be a worshiper. I used to be just a praiser. But I've learned how to worship him. I've learned that he is a way maker. Even though I'm while I'm in the way. I've learned that I ain't got to wait for him to do anything. Because he's already done enough. What are you talking about, preacher? One Friday, out on a hill called Calvary, he was minding his own business, hanging on the cross between two thieves. I ain't got to praise him for what he's done. He's already done enough. I can just worship him because he's the savior of the world today. He hung between two thieves, one on his right and one on his left. And the Bible said that they begin to hurl insults at my Jesus. The Bible says that as they begin to hurl insults, one of the thieves said, if you be the Savior, get yourself down and take me with you. But I heard the other thief say, leave him alone. This man has not done anything deserving of death, but we have. And he leaned over and said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me and Jesus said this day not tomorrow 
not next week, not next month, but this day, right now, you shall be with me in paradise. Worship him for who he is. The Bible says they took him down and put him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday, all day Saturday, all night Saturday night. But early, early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And if you can't worship him for anything, worship him because he has all power, saving power, Holy Ghost power, ever-loving power, new birth power, start over power, healing power, breakthrough power, deliverance power, showing up power. He has power. In his hand. In his hand. In his hand. We were made to worship. And so I come to worship. He ain't got to do anything else. He's already done enough. See, we, if we, if, if we'll, we'll get so caught up in the fact that he ain't done this and forgot what he has done. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he healed you before, he'll heal you again. One way or the other. There may be somebody here today. Trying to work this thing out without Jesus. Trying to, trying to work it out without worship. But I think the old bald head preaching and preached today that you just can't do it without worship. The, the mere fact. That, see, see, this is, this is what. See, I, I used to watch when I was growing up. I used to listen to. Uh, I used to come on the radio. You know, we grew up in the country, so we only had shortwave radio. It was short because it didn't play long. And uh, we would watch, we would listen. We listen to this guy that would come on. His name was Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey would get to talking. And Alan, he would draw you in. You'd be so interested, like, man, go on, go on finish this story. And then he would, he would say, and, and that's the rest of the story. I got to tell you the rest of the story. See, the rest of the story is this. As they go to worship, it's, it's in the, the frame of mind. They made the mind. He made his mind up. He, a Abraham, y'all going to make me preach this again. Abraham made his mind up that we going to worship. Abraham, the head, made his mind up that we, somebody going to get this, going to worship. See, when the head of the house makes his or her mind up that we are going to worship, blessings come. Isaac did not know what he was there for. But because his daddy said, we going to worship, he went with him. Who am I? Talking to some, to some dads and some fathers, head of houses in the building. Don't you come and leave them at home. 
Don't you let them have a, a decision in this. Isaac said, we going to worship. He takes them. Y'all know the story, Paul Hoff, and the rest of the story. When they get to the top of the mountain, as they're approaching the place of sacrifice, Isaac says to his father, my father, he says, I see the, the wood. I see the fire. But where is the lamb? Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. In essence, we come to worship. And as, as, as he worships in the only way that God gave him to worship, to trust him with the sacrifice, God blesses his house. Isaac didn't put up a fight. Abraham didn't doubt. And God blesses his generation. As he prepares to bring down the knife, the angel cries out. He says, over in the thicket, you'll see a ram. Now, I ain't got time. I, I, I was wrapping this up, and I ain't got time to tell you that the that the mountain that Abraham was on, I don't have time to tell y'all this, that the mountain that Abraham was on is the place that David brought, bought many years later. The mountain that Abraham and Isaac were on for the sacrifices, the place that when David became king, King David went and bought this mountain space and named it Jerusalem. Right outside the side of the mountain was a place called Golgotha. Growing nearby Golgotha were, were thorn bushes. And when Abraham, hundreds of years earlier, looked and saw the ram, his horns were caught in the thicket of the thorn bush. Hundreds of years later, when the Lamb of God comes into Jerusalem for the last time, the soldiers reach over to the same thorn bush and weave together a crown of thorns. The same thorn bush that held the ram by the horns now crowns the Savior. And so Abraham says, I go to worship. And in his worship, Isaac is spared. And the doorway is open toward the Savior's birth and death and resurrection. There may be somebody here today who thought that this was just about going to church. It's really about coming to the place of worship. Telling God, thank you for you being who you are. If you're here today, you're unsaved. You gotta understand. You gotta understand that we're called, we're created, that we should worship. The doors of the church are open. Romans nine and ten says, "I will ascend."